Hello and welcome to the Lean Dev Podcast, applying lean thinking and TPS to the world of software development. In each episode, I'll pose a question from a real software developer to lean practitioner and author Michael Ballet. We'll discuss how lean thinking can help developers deliver better code and better user experiences, with Michael providing the lean expertise and I, Ben Ellaby, providing the technical understanding. So, question time. How can lean apply to my work as coding is not a repetitive task? It's different every time. Michael, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that's one of the exciting things about coding is that that's why it's not boring is because you, every, every piece of software is different in a sense. Lean is the only method we know that is interested in not what people do, how they write the code, but what people think and what makes them do that. Because if, if people challenge their own thinking, then they will change their habits. So the first thing is that it accelerates individual learning considerably for people who find this fun. The second part is that Lean is unique in another way, is understanding the deep relationship between the code design and the coding itself. Because you say, oh, well, the reason I'm coding this habitually like this, and as a dev, I'm sure you have examples, is because I'm so familiar with this tech. But now the technology has changed or something else in the technology environment has changed. So maybe it is just a completely different way of doing it. And, and what I find often when you look at software and you go at that level is that uh, developers that have grown with one tech and have moved to another have kept some coding habits from the older tech that don't really necessarily mean anything in the next language, but that's the way they structure their thoughts. And then this creates a number of problems. Definitely. And we see this with what we call programming language paradigms. So there's object-oriented, there's functional, there's imperative, there's styles of coding. Now, a lot of languages sort of now support every style. So Java, for instance, you can write good object-oriented code, and you can also write functional code. And we see developers who come from purely functional languages into a language that's, let's say, is object-oriented, they'll try and write functional code in that object-oriented language and fight against it. And it's it's the habit that they've built. Exactly. And the, best, the best developers I work with have forced themselves to work across the different paradigms so that they use the right way of thinking, regardless of the language, they use the right way of thinking for the problem they're trying to solve. But, but um, it, can, but it can be bigger than that. Well, I understand you're, you're a serverless guru. I'm, I'm sure that when you go into serverless uh, solutions, the, just the thinking about where you put the code has implications of what kind of code and how you design the codes that are huge. That, so, so if you want the, the solution to actually work seamlessly and smoothly for the users, you need to uh, grasp those habits and at the root cause and change them. Yeah, it's true. It's not just the, the, the coding, it's the architecture as well. And, and with serverless as an example, it's a distributed system and we need to make it, we can't assume that, for instance, this piece of code will only be called once. It might be called multiple times, uh, even though it should only happen once, yeah. just based on how the distributed system works. So our code has to be defensive to that. But when people move into that area, they've not learned that habit yet and therefore can create bugs. So I guess when that bug happens, it's making sure we don't just fix it, but make sure we educate the team on why and the wider implication of the architecture so that we don't create the same bug on every different part of the architecture. It's design in the technology and we the way we code it has has feedbacks to the way it was designed and the way we design it will have implications in the way it's coded. And Lean is uh, really unique 
in its perspective between design and production because it sees the relationship. It doesn't make the difference. It's it's like the it's like the palm and the and the back of your hand. It's always there. These two things. So obviously, when you start seeing the the, the relationships between the palm and the back of your hand, you can start using it better, and you come up with not just better code uh, with less bugs, but actually better features, better applications. Something that that is brings more value to your users. A lot of the time, uh, software developers who are looking at Lean see it as purely the standardization part and don't see how they can experiment and do different styles of uh, implementation. Could you speak a bit about how you can do experimentation in Lean and how it's not just about standardization? You're doing things differently. You want to learn. And of course, you experiment. But most of us think we just learn by doing stuff. So you're coding, you make a bug, you say, oh, this doesn't work, let's go do it again, and da-da-da. And you have this th- feeling in your mind that just by experience, you learn, which you do, which you do. But um, I have a background in knowledge theory and uh, learning, and it's actually a very inefficient way of learning because we, we actually only reinforce certain habits. We, we don't really learn by experience, but we do, but it's very, very slow. What is interesting is going back to the idea that everything we do Part of it is new, but a lot of it, as you say, what you call standardization is not new. We reuse blocks of knowledge or methods or things. And and I wouldn't call it standardization. I would just call it habit. So when you look at a new piece of code, there's some stuff you just code by by habit. You don't know how to do it, or or you pick up a module you already have on the shelf somewhere and you put it in. And then there's some things you have to invent and do new. So so back to the production line and to the code, there are extremes. There's, you know, when I write a book, we could think that it's all new. And then we can think of the production line that it's nothing is new. But in fact, there's a there's a new wall somewhere, if you see what I mean. There is at some point, there's always a point where you're using some, you know, good old habits or text or reusing text. And there's some point where you use new one. Yeah. So there's a there's a point where you where you, you move from reusing to creating something new. Yes. And I think for, for software developers they often feel like they're more creating something new than just reusing. Yes, because it's not standards as such, it's it's habit. So the interesting thing about Lean is that usually the way software developers think, and like we all do, is that, okay, I've done this, we have a bug, I correct it, and ooh, I've learned not to do it this way, and so forth. Okay, fine as it goes, and very natural. But the really interesting question is, what was the habit that made you do it in the first place like this? And why did you think it would work? So that this is where Lean is unique. Is As you go back to this why thing, it's like not just correct it and move on, but think, hey, what made me do it this way? What is the in fact, not new part, the, the, the module I have entrenched in me that I don't realize, the, the habit that, ma- that is making me do things this way. And why do I think it would work? And h- how can I go to the, this, this root place that I should have seen right away that this wouldn't work? Because that is true learning. It's, it's, like when, it's not just when you change things on the desktop, but you actually go down the stairs, go down to the cellar, open the filing cabinet, and take up the, the deep idea that made you get it wrong in the first place. How can how can developers apply this practically in a given day? How can we make sure that we're, we're looking into what those deep habits are? Well, th- this is difficult to do on your own. Usually you do it with a, with a friend or you do it with somebody else. But what you do is you create instances in the day when you have a bug rather than just correct it, 
take a deep breath, look into it, and try to backtrack, at which point you put the bug in the code. As opposed to thinking that bugs are things that happen accidentally. Say, oh, there's a bug. Uh, just correct it. You, you, you change your mind about it. You say, no, I coded it this way. This bug I put in here. And 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 this is actually fun, particularly if you do it with a friend. So, okay, at which point, what made me do, what made me put this bug into the code? And what did I think would work that hasn't worked? And you, you backtrack from there. There is something in the way we do that puts the code, the bug into the code. We tend to distinguish in the way we're thinking between features and bugs, correct? But in Lean, we think that all bugs are features. Somebody coded it. They're just the wrong feature, but somebody coded it. And it, it makes you completely change your outlook on, on the code. Now, we're just talking about fixing bugs here, but the real thing is how is the the user going to like the code, right? What does the software actually do? Is like, will people use it or will it be one more thing on the desk? The fascinating thing is that as you backtrack on your habitual thinking, you realize that the way you conceive the entire code, the, the entire software in terms of features and functionality is out of your habitual thinking. And some of the mistakes, some of the things that are so difficult to handle for users afterwards come from habitual thinking. And, and this is something we experience every day with, for, for instance, commercial sites or app sites. Some of the most basic things for people who are non-techies, who will make mistakes, who want, in fact, to be in control of the software and not having the software control them and the software force them to do things simply are forgotten. The only way to, as a coder, to keep that in mind is precisely this practice of going back to your coding habits and saying, but why do I always do it this way? Thanks for listening to the Lean Dev Podcast. Please subscribe on the podcasting app of your choice to stay up to date with future episodes and follow us on Twitter to hear about this and other projects. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. You can also submit your own question to potentially have it answered on a future episode by going to our anchor.fm page where you'll be able to record an audio message and have it featured in a future episode. Thanks for listening.